Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back, everyone. Monday night, 8pm, the live lounge returns. We Phil Bath, Jack Gold and Lee Boyce are in the house and it's been a bumper seven days of tungsten action. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we? Hi. Hola. Hola. You all good? Yeah, all good. Never a dull moment, is there? Someone looks very happy that the Premier League's coming to an end. <laughs> Naming no names, Mr. Bars. Naming no names. <laughs> you know what you mean, mate? <laughs> Hello? There's a little stage. You're going to do another six weeks? <laughs> oh, I quit. <laughs> that, to be honest, Phil, that's the first time he's offered to resign this year that I can think of. Last no, year there's about last year there's about seventy one week. Yeah. <laughs> I had the bloody day at one point. <laughs> uh, welcome along, everyone. Um, chat room is in full force as always. Uh, Tommy, how are we doing? Uh, Darcy is in. Uh, Paul gets to watch us as well tonight. How are we doing, Matt? The werewolf, no, Callan is in. Well done on today, buddy. And thanks for the set of arrows. I'm going to have a chuck with them later on. How are we doing? Uh, Rob is in. Uh, Fraser, G Adventures, uh, ABM, Florent, Karen Tiles. How are we all doing? Um, Frey is in. We just shared some links on social media. So if you could give them a share, we'd much appreciate it. Uh, we have... Rob Cross joining us around 8.30, back in the winner's circle at Players' Championship 11. And what a perfect place to start, boys. The Pro Tour returned this weekend after what seemed a lifetime away on Euro Tours. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Cross, cross, cross. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible piece of content. That is almost as bad as fucking what's his name doing? Has anybody seen on Talksport? 
What a load of crap. <laughs> I still want to see two dark players doing carrot in the box. Oh, 100%. 100%. Can I be honest? I know that when you watch carrot in the box, Sean Locke and Lee Mack both act as if they are quite thick, but I'm not sure any of the dark players would get it. <laughs> I'm not a you now. Nah. Uh, I think Gezi against Johnny would be quite good.
So that's a plus as well that they seem to have added that to it, which isn't easy to do when you're streaming just a board. I think it's easy to forget how difficult that can be to get a camera that works with the right lighting. Yeah. If you've ever tried to stream or play webcam darts from home with uh, a light ring, you'll know just how bad it looks compared to just a normal camera, etc. So that was a positive, I guess. Um, I don't know how weird it would be watching without commentary. Again, it's not something we tend to do. Yeah, look, I suppose the other thing that we spoke about it at the weekend, obviously they're selling this product because it's not just being put on for the fun of it because yeah. there is a cost behind it. So to sell it, there happened, obviously there must have been some guarantees about players over the weekend and, and everything like that. Well, it's, it's rankings, isn't it? It doesn't even guarantee players. Someone like Van Gerwen dropped a ninth seed on the Pro Tour. Yeah, but it guarantees you that majority of the time, the, the better players are going to be the top seeds. Majority yeah. of the time. So, with that commercial element, I'm guessing why it's been done. My favourite two words. What? Commercial element? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the world we live in now, where everything has a price... It's, it's, not it's, a it's a shame it wasn't done straight into the Premier League then, because that would have linked him perfectly with commercial element for Dob, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm sure over time, commentary on those boards will come. But like we said, with extra boards comes extra cost. The cost of two extra or four extra commentators, potentially. Well, especially so, now they've started adding two to Pro Tour streams. When it was back in the day of you have three people on all day, maybe one doing one board, one doing the other, and you'd rotate one in if you need a break, etc. That that was a little bit different. Now they are doubling up for a lot and, and doing that role. It's just the extra staff to run a fully man stream as well. You've got a spotter, someone directing that stream to, to pick your shots, someone doing your sound engineering instead of just turning up something on and off. You set your levels at the start and that's it, you go. If you've got commentary and, and whatever else you need, all that. So, look, per stream and per board, the extra amount of staff you're going to need for all of that is, is significant in cost. But, look, if this has enough interest and generates enough revenue, then I'm sure that will follow. I guess, as well, if you, what I did thought, especially with the Toms, is because we're so used to hearing two people now, to then switch into extend boards but then have one of each would probably then be flipped on a negative instead of it actually being positive that we're seeing more darts with voltometry. So you'd have to double the amount of thumbs that you've got and then you potentially go down a route of the quality of the thumbs not being as good or as strong as what it can be on the main turf, depending on who you are to using them, the rest of those. We need eight protocoms on your minimum plus maybe one or two float into give people a break throughout the day if they need one or want one when the boards start cutting down that's not so important but yeah yeah difficult one but overall I think a very positive outcome for yeah. the Rotor. Uh, Laura was in hope you are good Laura and the O'Shea's uh, Max as well but Rotor 11 first one back over the weekend and I think 
especially early, Gob and I talked about it. I think the standard was down due to a lack of practice or a lack of board time from some of the players. Would that be a fair assessment? I think so. I mean, we were missing enough star power anyway. There was no Peter Wright, no Nathan Aspinall, no Michael Smith, etc. We lost an awful lot of seeds early as well, despite the fact that some of them played pretty well. Gary Anderson falling, averaging over 100. Um, there was a couple of us that, that did that early too. So as that seemed to unravel a little, there were a few winning averages. You're like, hmm, is that what we're really used to on the Pro Tour? But there was such a gap between this and the last time a lot of these guys played competitively five weeks since the Pro Tour. Um, you forgive that. Sunday changed that a little bit. You look at the last 32, there's not a lot of players that don't have a number next to their name, and, and that's possibly a little bit more like what we're used to seeing. But, yeah, there was certainly something on that Saturday, especially early on in the day. Look, there were still the odd standout moment. Gert Nenches averaging 107, Damon Hetter 103, Rob Cross 105. Um, Josh Rock, 102. got Gary Anderson losing with 103. But there was also a lot of mid to low 80s and a few 70s sneaking in there, especially in that that loser side. Um, And whether that was being in a new venue, it was the first time that this part of the morning side had been used to host, whether that was the gap in between or or just a combination of both. It It didn't feel like the strongest quality pro tour we've seen. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a, a a very fair assessment. That we'll come on to the obviously winners and riders in a minute, but there was a couple of important runs for players, and one quarter final lineup in particular was Radix Adanti against Joe Cullen. Huge run for Joe Cullen because he's not been in the best of form of late, but in the race for the World Cup, huge day for Radix Adanski. So glad we're talking about a race for the World Cup, by the way. Just on a side note, that's great to have that conversation here. But yeah, a, a great run and much needed run, as you said, for both players. So for um, Zanthi to that to the semi finals, probably, like says, Dobbs alluded to it there, the, the players who were missing across the weekend does open up those opportunities for some players. And that's one that's extremely taken with a great run to the semi finals. Looking at other ones, the semi-final lineup, obviously the second semi-final between Mike De Decker and Neil Zonnevald was just a breakthrough moment for the pair. Look, Neil Zonnevald has an unbelievable A game, as we've seen many times. God, perhaps this is just the start of him developing into a more rounded player because there was some steady stuff throughout the whole day. Yeah, look, it is... A player that's also a little bit more methodical. So he's got that just ri- I don't think you're ever going to knock him out of his rhythm. And we've seen some solid results from him. We've seen some performances on the Dev Tour in the past. Not, I don't want to say it was a full coming of age day, but like you said, it was a, a solid run from, from him, taking out some, some solid players. Plenty of all Dutch matches for him. In fact, he had three in a row with Jermaine Watermain and Kevin Dutes and Jimi Hendrix all on the spin. Yeah. Um, but Rob Cross back in the winner's circle. Look, we've said this many a time over the last six to eight months that this has been coming. Rob 
has got to Euro Tour finals, latter stages of Euro Tours, latter stages of Pro Tours. This has very much been on the cards. Rob Cross back in the winner's circle. Yeah. No real surprise to see that name there. I know it's probably as easy as talking someone up who's about to join us in 15 minutes and we don't want to over-talk someone up. But no real surprise that Rob Cross is back there. There was obviously a lot of talk about the invitational events with Cross early on in the year. Um, and I'm sure that's something that we'll discuss later on. But for this, it's, there's certain players who you can be surprised with picking up a pro tour. But I would go as far as saying that this weekend there was no real surprises. No. And in, 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 in picking up the title. Yes, we won, but picking up the title, no, not at all. Yeah, look, he's averaged 101.59 in the final gob and just looked in such composed form all day on the Saturday. Yeah, his scoring power, I'm sure, was ridiculous. I mean, when you watch the semi-final, you thought maybe Mike Decker produces the level <coughs> of team from him previously in the day uh, that he'd have a shot at it. But, I mean, he averaged 105 to be going price in the quarterfinals. His scoring was ridiculous. It did feel a little as though it was a step too far for Decker. Lost his range on the treble just a little bit. A lot of 60s, 59s. Um, and when you're going up against someone who is as experienced as Rob Cross and who was as relentless as Rob Cross, uh, that can be difficult to, to overcome in your first, well, what I believe was his first senior PDC ranking final. Um, but yeah, like, take nothing away from Rob Cross. I thought it was absolutely exceptional. Um, still never going to be sold on his action, I don't think, compared to where he was when he's picking up world titles. I think he's had too many up and downs with it. But like, when you go and pick up a title, who's to argue against you? Yeah. All good. And obviously this one there, which we'll, we'll talk to him about when he comes on, pretty much seals the World Cup spot. It was close going into the weekend, but voltage, barring some turn of events, will represent England at the World Cup. Yes. That's some turn of events, by the way, is Luke Humphreys winning a Euro Tour. It's not like he's not done that before. Yeah, which if there's one player you'd think that's doable for. Yeah, <laughs> there's one player you're looking out for to go win a Euro Tour after winning four last year. Yeah, that might be the conversation to be had. Um, <laughs> Especially well, on a weekend where the players, where other players, look, there's quite a small number of players that have ever won a European Tour event. Rob Cross's name is not one of those, despite being European champion. Um, but a lot of them will be between Premier League finals night and travelling to New York for a World Series event. There is a well, chance the likes of Van Gerwen, Gerwin Price, Michael Smith do not play on the European Tour this weekend. Well, it's interesting that both Rob and Luke are in New York as well. So that might be a, a juggling act. I think Rob's going to go and play. Obviously, we'll, we'll ask him when he comes on, but I think he's going to. I think he'll play in. Send the thing. And I was going to say Frankfurt, but I knew it wasn't. Um, World Cup. World Cup, yeah. I, I think Rob will play in Sindel thing. And, and look, the likelihood is the way he's playing, he's not going to not pick up money. Yeah. Um, so, there. Moving on. Players Championship 12. Spoiler alert. Johnny Clayton playing himself into some form ahead of 
the Premier League finals at the O2. The ferret yeah. doing ferret things. Look, there were some moments in the day where he's absolutely exceptional and unplayable. The 107 average against Pascal Ruprecht in the top 16, one of those. But the rest of it, and the run to the final, and, and the run to the title, and, and even turning around that final, he trailed at one point to just rock. And you're like, hmm, this might be it now for Johnny. It was about moments, moments for the ferret. And he was there. To... Yeah. Wouldn't be the same if Gobs didn't, didn't freeze. He's still going. He's still going. We just can't hear him. Still here. Went. I know this. Um, we saw 160 checkouts. We saw a 141. We saw a few 121s without the finger point. Very disappointed in Johnny for not doing that. Um, but every single time he was pushed, he just seemed to find a response or a big finish to bail him out of trouble. Now, I know producing a big finish to bail yourself out of trouble in front of 5,000 or whatever will be in the 0-2 on Thursday night against Derwin Price is a little bit different to doing it on a pro tour with about three people stood behind you um, for 12 grand instead of 250 or 125 for the semi. But look, there are worse ways to get yourself ready for a tour, let's put it that way. Is, uh, is, there, is there anyone better in the world though right now producing a moment than Johnny Klein? He's up there. If there's one player with a... I know we always talk about one, two, one, but even though any sort of Tom plus checkout in it, it's a key moment, not just the first leather of the dame or whatever, but is there a better player? Because right now, I'm not sure there is. I know you talked about it being different from Pro Tour yeah. to Premier League stage, but I would probably fancy him more than anyone to produce that on Thursday night at that key moment being behind or being clawed back and he finds a way. Surely he's the dive for that. If you go back to his back-to-back wins in the Premier League, I still don't think he was playing his A game. He wasn't blowing people off the board. Um, There was a moment in the semi-final against Damon Hetter where he was in a bit of bother and he produced a 160 from absolutely nowhere because the actual scoring phase of the leg, I'm not being diskind here, was absolutely shite. Was that... No, it wasn't that against Rock. I thought it was against Damon. Wait a minute, let's have a look. I just remember the scoring phase being absolutely shit. And then he bombed the 160. The opponent had 38. And we were like, oh, do you lay up here? And they went six, missed two on the outside because Johnny's so far back in a bang, a 160. Yeah. Um, that was just brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but Andrew Gilding, perhaps getting back to somewhere near his best. It's not really been the same since winning the UK Open. Um, I know it's a lot to take in, but a better weekend for him. Closing in on a Premier League spot next year. I've got more chance of playing in the Premier League. Silly twat. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. That's got to be the, the earliest that someone's been booted out at the minute since we've all now uh, had this access. But we had a conversation on Friday night about Premier League players and field size if it changes. 
And I'm telling you now, there were 17 or 18 names thrown around, and his was not one of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, as well, the bomber in the house. How are we doing, Steve? Hope you are good, mate. Back from a very busy weekend. In fact, Steve, you need to let us know when you're free because your business is doing an awful lot of good work right now and we need a discussion about it. And you've blown us out twice. Not that we're judging. Yeah. (laughs) That's how long we waited to get Steve on the show. He was meant to be on the week of the Grand Prix last year. Yeah. The second time... The second time, we'll give him the benefit of that and congratulations on becoming a granddad as well. Um, but yeah, back to Players' Championship number 12. Uh, Josh Rock, again, at the start of this year, maybe just struggled a little bit with second season syndrome and um, doing Josh Rock things at the start of the year. Maybe the tank was a little bit empty, but he's come alive again. And There's showing a, what a star he is. We talked about pressure on players. There's an awful lot on Josh Rock. I, I can't think of many players in the second season at, at the age that Josh Rock's at. Josh Rock is at had the amount of pressure that he's got done on his shoulders. There is a few, but not many at all. Um, and I think we just saw that early on. Um, but the talent's never done away. Um, and so, and then it's probably the, the tit start that he needed five months into the year. But I think it's only going to get better and better now from the youngster. And I know we can say it, we've said it before, but I think the future for Josh Rock's going to be um, top notch, even short term for me. I think it's only a matter of time before we get to that PDC title. Another. Uh, yeah, look, he's, he's a fabulous talent and he's a good lad as well. Funny lad. Uh, when you spend time in his company, he's got a wicked sense of humour. If you're spending that much time with John O'Shea, you've probably got to have that witted sense of humour. Other good runs here. Uh, Boris Kirchmar making a quarterfinal. But more importantly, there's a, a young German lad that caught the eye very much at Q School. And his numbers were astronomical, considering no one knew anything about him. Uh, Pascal Riprec went through Q School at a canter. And he's delivering on the pro tour as well. Huge, huge numbers from him at times. And for someone that's training to be a police officer still as well, it's a very bright future. And one to asterisk, as just to say, this could be a huge talent. Yeah, I think the key thing for Pascal over other prospects we've seen come out of Germany is that whilst he is putting a priority on an education or a fullback career, he's still competing on the pro tour at the same time. Nico Kurtz possibly is, is the other one to have a look at. We saw him play at Alexandra Palace, etc., and he insisted on finishing his education first. And I think perhaps he missed the boat a little bit. He's qualified for two of the three European tours over the weekend, um, and he's still a, a fantastic player. But I think the impact that Nico Kurtz could have had at that point and the form potentially was carrying on a little bit of a high, would have been better for him to take that leap. Look, I, I fully get having a backup plan. Absolutely not against the backup plan. In fact, I'd encourage it to pretty much anybody. The one concern we had about um, someone like Luke Little in the week was that he was prepared to 
finish his education or, or at this moment and just go straight to playing darts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what, as if by magic, we've timed this absolutely perfectly because he's just popped into the back end of our stream. And as if by magic, the one and only Mr. Rob Cross, ladies and gentlemen. How we doing? You all right? How we doing, Bobby? Not too bad, mate. I have to admit, my phone's not very loud. I'm going to have to raise my hearing aid. <laughs> uh, first of all, mate, congratulations at the weekend, back in the winner's circle. Um, how did that feel? Oh, do you know, it, it's just amazing, really. I don't think I played that well on the floor this year. I think I've been pretty poor by my own standards sometimes. Um, I've enjoyed the stage a lot, lot more, I have to admit. But... Um, now, this weekend, get in there, get a win. And, do you know, I sort of had a feeling in myself the way I wanted it this weekend, that it was going to go right for me. Yeah, and you're one that swears by your routine. And you're very firmly in it now. And this, you've been threatening this. We've seen Euro Tour finals, latter stages. This, this tournament win has been on the cards, hasn't it? Mate, I can't hear you now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what <laughs> Um... Yeah, anyone good with technology? This is going well already, isn't it? Can you hear us now, mate? It's better than it doesn't. Turn your volume up on your phone, mate. I have. It's full blast. My phone must be knackered. <laughs> I've hey, wore it out. I've spent too much time in hotel rooms on my own. <laughs> <laughs> Streaming Netflix. Um, yeah. Can I'm I try, can I try George's phone? Yeah, yeah, it's fine, mate. No worries. That'd be better. Yeah. yeah right. I'll just send the link over and then, yeah, I'll try no there worries. and I'll be back in two seconds. Sorry. No worries, That's all right, mate. <laughs> See you in a bit. See you in a bit, mate. We'll get Rob back on in a second. Um, no one can't say we're not, we don't do this live either. No, you don't get this anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, look, super stuff from there. Updating whilst we're doing this. Johnny Clayton, firmly world number seven now. Look, there's, there's gaps starting to appear in the rankings as well. That Very much in blocks at the moment, isn't it? It's like one block, two block, three blocks and, and down. The, the way the ranking is looking on the order of merit. Yeah, I guess look, and part of that mirrors form. I guess Peter Wright is possibly the one that you look at the group he's currently in and go... At the moment, maybe you're you're not quite in that conversation. Like, you still want the ability to turn it on at any given point. But Smith, Van Gerwen and Price, then you've got that next batch of Rob Cross, Luke Humphreys, Johnny Clayton, Danny Noffert to a certain extent, Nathan Aspinall, um, Dimitri Gert, all those that you're looking at, Pro Tour contenders and not dark horses, but players that have got the ability and the calibre to go and win major titles, especially in the last couple of years where they have been shared around that little bit more. Then there seems to be guys just outside that, your Ryan Searle, your Damon Hatter, etc. And then it moves back to players that have had a shot and are on the decline a little bit. And, and that's the worry, isn't it? Is how quickly players like Jose de Souza and, and James Wade are dropping down compared to Ross Smith closing the gap upwards, Chris Doby and co. And we are back. He's back again. Is that? Can you hear us now, mate? No, I'm deaf as a door now. I'm only joking, I'm only joking. <laughs> no, it's all good, it's all good. 
He's the like, 99p Christmas cracker from Argos. That's my <laughs> thumbs it up, isn't it, boys? No good. You just want 12 grand, mate. You could buy yourself a new one. Oh, no, my missus likes a bit of shopping. She'd probably shoot me <laughs> for saying that, though, so we shouldn't go there, you know? <laughs> to, to be fair, I've got to know you quite well over the last four or five years, Rob. I'm guessing that there'll be some machinery involved with the winnings as well. I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of at the minute, I'm looking to move. I'm looking to go up country, make my job a little bit easier, take a bit of the stress out of the driving, you know, with the pro tours and other stuff. So, um, realistically, yeah, I no point buying machinery yet when it's going to cost a load of money to move it 200 no, miles no, up no country. No chainsaws or JCBs this time then? I could do with a new chainsaw. Just ain't got any trees to cut down anymore. I've done them all, you know. There's not a tree left, I'm telling you. Hastings is bare. <laughs> things like that done myself again I'm on the road today boys we're going to have a good crack uh, <laughs> I, I love having Bobby on uh, Rob first of all obviously a big weekend for yourself that you and Luke Humphreys were having this little tussle who was going to play for England and you've pretty much cemented your place in the England team now you must be proud of that yeah, obviously, I've worked hard. Last couple of weeks, me and him have had a bit more banter about it and all, which is fantastic. You know, I love it. I love the um, the camaraderie of it all. And he's given me a little bit. I've given him a little bit. And, do you know, it's good fun. He's a good boy. But you can't write him off. He won four, four Europeans last year, you know. He's got a win this weekend coming. And I still don't put it past him because he's that good, you know. I've, I've done... I've done decent to get the, well, when it all got close, that's when it all sort of, the banter got better. And um, obviously, um, I peeled away a little bit more. But yeah, he's already told me he's going to win it again next week. So um, yeah, another week and maybe long sort of hope that continues, you know, it's good fun. It's good fun with the boys when it's like that. Well, on that, obviously, you and Luke are both in New York and both in the Euro Tour. Are are you going to play in the Euro Tour before New York this week? Yeah, yeah, obviously. It's um I think a fly up Monday is is close, but at the same time, you know, I don't feel a need at the minute to really miss a lot in the calendar. I think I've got a decent balance. I've been playing well for quite a while now. Don't get me wrong, we all have our bad weekends. I think I had a bad three weeks actually, not so long back. But um it's how you bounce back and, and the game's still good. I seem to find when I'm super interested, I seem to win more games for some reason. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask you, Rob. We said you go from the Euro Tour to New York. You were quite insistent at times last year. You weren't going to play in any more invitational events. What, what's, what's changed your mind on that? Uh, no comment and nothing to add to my previous statement. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question, mate? No, I'm only playing. <laughs> now, obviously, um, do you know the? The World Series this year, going to Bahrain, Copenhagen in January. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. And I did want some family time this year. Obviously, my youngest, he's getting older now. He's a little terror. Sometimes I wish I never spent a time because all he does is rip holes in me, you know. But um, <laughs> but at the same time, no, it's nice to have that family time. And I think it's helped me, Ed, just being around them, you know, having them around. And I sort of got used to that a bit. But um, going forward, really, I'd, I'd, I'd like to do a little bit more now. I have to admit, I've changed the corner. I feel better in myself. And I think at times, if you're not quite right, you have to do the right thing for you. So, um, But I've definitely got a lovely balance now. And, and I'm always looking forward to sort of going and play and trying to perform to the best of my capabilities. Is it a case of, of just getting that balance right? Because going back to the year after you won the World Championship... 
you were here, there, and everywhere. And by the end of the year, I think that perhaps you, you were quite well. I think you've even said it before that the balance was completely wrong at that point. There, there was no home life. You like being at home, you like being able to go to walks on the beach with the dogs, etc. Like, is that just getting the balance right? Yeah, obviously, I'm I'm a I'm a grafter at the game. I know I like to do a bit of practice. I like to know how I'm playing all the time. You know. I seem to have Mondays off, but I try and pick up a few darts on on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday when I'm not when I'm not that busy. Um, I like routine would be the would be sort of the word for it. I think um, a routine for me it, it helps me, and I seem to cope better with it. I don't get so frustrated then. Um, but look, no, it, it is what it is, and how long do we know how how long a job's going to last for? You know, so. You can't really turn a lot down in your life because you don't know whether it's going to be there the following year or the year after or even in two months. You know, I'm lucky to do my job and I'm very grateful. Um, it's not one of them things and I know it's not going to last forever. So you've got to try and sort of make it pay wise there. On the World Cup, Rob, obviously you played in the old format. Are you looking forward to the World Cup being pairs only? Yeah, obviously pairs only. Um yeah, I've not really played a game of pairs for however long. Probably since I was in the World Cup last time, actually. <laughs> a few years. But, um, yeah, I'm not too sure, yeah, whether I could trust me partner, you know, world champion, world number one. I think we've got trust issues there. But, um, yeah, obviously, if I get there, you know, uh, it'd be amazing to play with Mike. Obviously, um, last time when I played with Mike, he made the final, lost in the final, didn't quite work out. But it worked very well for the weekend and, and it sort of went good. So, um yeah, fun memories, and hopefully, if I get in, sort of build on that and try and win it this time, go one better. And and you mentioned that over the past few weeks, there's been a lot of sort of banter between you and Lou Humphreys. Has Michael Smith been involved in that at all? Knowing obviously, no, that not, at all. No, not really. You know, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'd love to swap with Mike. Obviously, I've no worries about. Said, go on, boys, battle it out, get on with it. You know, I'll put my feet up in the background, but. Um, he probably don't do that. He's a busy boy. But um, nah, he just sort of, the banter's great. Great with Luke, you know. It's um, it's, it's probably escalated since he got sort of £3,000 in between it or whatever it was at one point, you know. It escalated, it went up. And um, yeah, he called me a few words on Sunday morning when I see him. But yeah, <laughs> that's just one of them. That's just one of them. <laughs> I took it all with a pinch of salt. <laughs> You said um, Georgia likes a bit of shopping. Are you taking Georgia to New York then? I am, yeah. She, she's come up with this plan. If we take less suitcases on the way out there, she can fill them up on the way back. So <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work and, and whether obviously Lloyd's TSB is going to want to comply, really, or whether <laughs> I'm going to comply. Who knows? <laughs> um, are you excited to play darts in, in New York? Because obviously I went last year playing in Madison Square Garden was something special are you looking forward to, to playing darts in the big apple oh 100 i've never been before so it's going to be something new for me obviously madison square garden says it all it's had all the greats there at one point in in sort of generations gone and stuff and um and decades so now for me to get an invite to that was absolute buzzing absolute buzzing obviously and um yeah like i said i've, I've enjoyed the world series so far for what i've done in january and stuff it probably worked in my favour in January because otherwise I would have just sat at home eating, getting a little bit chubbier and um, not done any practice. I have to admit in January, you sort of get your downtime. But it kept me playing, kept me fresh and just sort of just carried on from there, really. One weird superstition, I know it's superstition, but people won't know. 
Rob, that you change your darts every time you play on TV, don't you? And yeah. Like most people like to wear in a set of darts, but you're you're the opposite that like that brand new feel. And when you played with the set before you signed for Target that were all different weights, then to go into a new set all the time, that's quite a, a radical switch. Yeah, definitely. I think it was a mental, mental side, really having it all different and, and just wanted, I, I noticed with the darts, if I wear them down after, after sort of three or four months and then trying to get used to another set, didn't quite feel the same. So I just liked sort of the feeling of the brand newness and, and the sharpness on them and just try and maintain that and keep that. So that's why I changed my darts every game. Not only like, not only that, I like to sort of cost target a little bit more money, you know, Get my money's worth, and yeah, I'm sure Gary, Gary can afford it. He's good. He's good. He's a good man. He looks after me thoroughly. Uh, we've seen you tinker with darts in the past as well, but are you actually settled back on the the Gen ones now? I am at the minute. I am at the minute. Um, yeah, I might look for another one, and um, yeah, see whether I can introduce maybe. I was looking at August, but maybe if it's not August, maybe look at January now next year now. So bring Sank else in, have another little play, and then end up with me old ones three months later. <laughs> <laughs> I've run traits. I've run traits. There's no point to lose them. Plenty of things coming up. The world match play on the horizon somewhere that you've got good memories on. Looking forward to heading back to, to Blackpool. I love it. It's probably one of the... It's, it's definitely out me too, you know. Obviously, we ain't tried Madison Square Gardens yet, but... Um, no, obviously the Welds, the match play, um, the match play, absolutely amazing. And I have to admit, after winning the match play, it was probably the first competition, what I won, what I managed to sort of get to enjoy away from the media attention and being whisked off your feet, you know, which um, which was great. So I actually got a good, really good vibe off that. And I just love the place. It's, so, it's old, it's iconic. It's just, yeah, it's special to me. I like that, really. Big, big fan of that. Obviously, away from your own game, you spend a lot of time with, with Josh Rock, practice with him when you can, and he's burst back to, to life after a bit, bit of a slow start. Did you just have a few words of him when it was not going his way a little bit and just settle him back down again? No, obviously, he, he pecks at me. He takes advice and he takes it very well. Um, not only that, he's always trying to get something extra out of me and all, you know. We're always having chats. We're close friends. He's a great kid. Well, I say kids and man, really. But um, not only that, I, I've got to say, how good's he? How good I'm is really, he? And I'm and right. I have to admit, you watch him You watch him on the streams, and don't get me wrong, he goes a little mingy, 101, you know. Makes it look easy. Misses a few doubles and stuff. But, yeah, you practice with him, and then you see it again. And um, I, I personally think he can put another five, six points all the time on them averages, you know. It's just he's finishing, he sorts that out, he gets that right. He's he's just, he's the best dart player I've seen turn up on tour since me. Yeah, I like that. Oh, 100%, but for a debut, you know. But uh, he's, um, no, he's absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, he's, he's consistent and all super consistent. Yeah, obviously on on you as well. That getting to know you. What what does Rob Cross like to do away from darts? Obviously, we see you in and around talking on Sky when you're ITV. But what what does Volwitz like to do away from the hockey? You can have to say that again, mate. I'm oh, sorry. Is about... that my signal? 
Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah that's all right. Go on. Now, Sorry. What, what does Rob Cross like to do away from the hockey? What, what does Dan... Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Cheap broadband <laughs> now. Not my day. Uh, what, what what does Dan time look like for Rob Cross? Oh, do you know, I've been... Well, just lately, I've been trying to get a sun sand. The old weather's changed, so I've been doing a bit of fishing with my old man, a bit of relaxation. Um, still trying to do a little bit at home, sort of get round, but like I said, where I'm moving, there's no point at that, and just sort of spending time with the family, you know, seeing the kids as much as I can, doing a few bits for them. I've got a day out with the eldest boy on Wednesday, we're going out, so um, yeah, it'd be good, it'd be really good. I, I, I like that. So, the rest of the year, what, what would be a good year for, for Rob? Um, from where I am at the minute, I'd, I'd obviously pick a match play up would be lovely. Pick a Worlds up would be even better. Um, but no, nah, realistically, I'll, I'll win a TV major this year, guaranteed. The way I'm playing, the way I... Where I am, the head spank will be dangerous. From, apart from maybe, yeah. Maybe the Grand Prix. I can hit doubles, lovely. I just can't hit two doubles in a leg, you know. <laughs> if and when that promised major you just said to us does come, are your eyes back on the Premier League next year? And if so, what do you think of the current format compared to the last time that you played in the Premier League? I think, um, yeah, me, me on the Premier League next year, I definitely 100% want it. I've, I've, I've sort of like, I have to admit now everything's settled down for me. Everything's great, you know, um, going into that. If I'd managed to get it, it'd, it'd be an achievement as one. But not only that, I actually think I could go in there and do some damage. And me had to take it now. We're getting bombarded by the best players every week because that's what also what you've got to think, you know. I think, yeah, I played, played well last year, but this year maybe weren't just quite ready for it in a way, in myself. And I think I'll be ready next year and I'm already ready now. So um, it's it's a great, it's, it's the biggest, biggest thing yeah, you ever really do in the game, I suppose, for them 16 weeks with the venues, with the with the great crowds, you know, it's, it's amazing. The format for me, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on it. Obviously, I ain't judging jury and it's one of them. And I, yeah, I think, I think it's very much the same pretty much every week. That's not running it down because it's still delivered great and everything's great, but I think the format could maybe do with a little change up or something. Just a little change, just freshen it, you know? Because you're seeing all these big games, but you're seeing them so often every week, you know? Price is dominated in it. Michael's at these times. Van Gerwen and obviously Smithy also. And um, yeah, two weeks, well, I, I suppose it was a blessing that you get down to the last place and it was still up for grabs on the last week. Otherwise, it could have been finished a lot, lot sort of earlier, really. One thing that keeps coming up, and it still makes me laugh, that you've won the World Championship, you've won the match play, you've won Pro Tours. There's still one type of title that eludes Rob Cross, and that is a Euro Tour title. Are, are we going to finally get one? <laughs> I'm not too sure. I feel like someone's got their foot on the edge, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've made. I think I've made seven finals, and I so um yeah. It ain't been the most happiest hunting ground for me. Um, nothing what I'm proud about and all. <laughs> Luffy killed me with that 108 last year. You know, I thought I got him. He's definitely, 
he's definitely going to bottle it here and then he goes and pops it in fair play was class but yeah that one hurt you know um no, look, it's round the corner. I'm playing great, and I'm sure, yeah, if I keep putting myself and giving myself opportunities, they come anyway. I never worry about that. I never doubt me bottle either at it. So um, it's always been fairly consistent. When the head's good, everything seems to go right. So, um, yeah, hopefully this weekend. And then I get World Cup guaranteed, don't I? <laughs> very intriguing. It's very intriguing listening to you predict your year and that World Grand Prix and TV tournament, but you didn't mention the Euro at all when you said, I'm going to predict I'm going to win something this year. <laughs> yeah, would you have done if you were in the market? Ask yourself the same question. Come on, we can't do this. Okay. If I, I was got... going to cut my own throat, yeah. I'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob Cross, thank you very much for joining thank us you. on the Live Lounge, mate. We massively appreciate your, your time on a Monday. I know it's family time, and I look forward to seeing you in New York. Thank you so much, yeah. Have a lovely Good evening. Good luck. Take care. Cheers, Cheers boys. Yeah. Look after Cheers. yourself, boys. Take care. Bye bye. The one and only Mr. Rob Cross, ladies and gentlemen. And that was really refreshing. I, I, I like Rob in that headspace. He, he spoke really well, clear what he wants to do. And it's just it's just nice to see Bobby in that space. You, you do well to argue against him, backing up the things he's saying as well when he when he talks as confidently but as calmly as that. But there's a lot of competition for titles and wins etc in in the world of darts right now but he plays the way he did on saturday who are we to bet against him and, yeah and with the sort of change of mindset i think you hit it the nail on the end there phil with a sort of change of mindset of i want to be i will be back in the prem you know it's we we are six seven months now about the the non-invitationals i think that's sort of changed and his game is living up to that right now so it seems like we are going to see a, a very, very fun Rob Cross and a contender for TV, if not Euro Tour titles for the next seven months. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Massively appreciate Rob's time. As always, I look forward to seeing how many suitcases Georgia brings to New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. We're going to go to it because there's plenty to discuss. We're going to do all in one. Our little Premier League segment. We're going to look back at Aberdeen and look forward to the playoffs. Um, so, Aberdeen, it had twists, turns, drama, and a little bit of everything at the PNJ live in Aberdeen. First of all, what was your first thoughts on the night itself? Crap. Why does you only got six games of your favourite tournament instead of seven? Do you want to slap me? <laughs> uh, look, it was okay. Look, there was enough drama in there. Aspinall beating Clayton kept the night alive that little bit longer. Um, only to then lose to, to Gerwin Price. Obviously, the, the difference in performances from Nathan Aspinall, I think he'll walk away incredibly frustrated at that because against Johnny Clayton, he was dominant. He was exceptionally came out focused. He did the job. He then went into that match with, with Gerwin Price. There's a little bit of crowd issue within that match that I just completely don't understand at all. Um, and yeah, to, to fall at, at that hurdle after doing the job in, in the first game in, in such an impressive fashion will be hurting Nathan Aspinall. But as we heard from 
Johnny, he was a great sportsman and, and sent Johnny best wishes messages almost immediately after, which to do in, in that headspace is incredibly big from Nathan. Um, the rest of the night, still surprised by the winner. I, I didn't back Dimitri to go and win a night. Um, he was solidly impressive against Michael Smith in the first game, obviously, to lose Van Gogh into injury and, and get that walkover makes it that little bit diff- different. And then Gerwin Price seemed to undo, for me, an awful lot of the work that he'd done for the last 15 weeks in getting crowds onside. And I appreciate there were people whistling and, and whatever else, especially in that Aspinall game. And then they got a reaction from him in that final as well. But after spending so long getting or trying to get crowds onside, that one little chink in the armour from Price might cost him that relationship for another three to six months again. I, I don't know. I, I don't think it was that bad. Considering Aspinall did it as well when he played. Aspinall turned around and gave it to him as well. And they didn't make any sense. Normally, in a venue, fans, not just in Aberdeen, will boo one player. But at one point, Aspinall had it. Gezi had it, Dimmy had it, and they were all like kind of playing each other. It didn't, it didn't make any sense the way the fans went to the went for the players. Aspinall and Price definitely strikes me as as one of two things in that game. Initially, all of the whistles were aimed at Nathan Aspinall. They were on one forties or, or when he's got two in the treble and the third one, or going for a data double, and it it felt like either someone is a massive going Price fan trying to influence the outcome or B, that somebody's gambling on the match. But after about five or six legs, that completely swapped. Now, either somebody was retaliating after the person that was whistling to Nathan was ejected or removed or or told to stop or whatever, or somebody was gambling and they'd got enough of the bet that they needed one way and now needed the result to start going slightly the other way if, if they were betting on something so specific. But it was just very, very strange. Yeah. yeah, just disappointing that it's what we're talking about on what we shouldn't be talking about when there's already so much drama from the night that I openly mentioned it. I had rude that Nathan Aspinall's performance was one of the best I thought in the Premier League this season. Yeah, he didn't go on to, to, to match it, but the injury to MVG and sort of we're talking about the crowd and rightfully so because of how they acted or certain individuals acted. It's just disappointing that that's the conversation that we were having to have because it was the feature of the night um i agree with a few people in the chat room that aberdeen just isn't the same about Darry anderson <laughs> i know you'll agree with that that just it, i know peter Wright obviously plays under the Scottish flag but it's just not the same without uh without dandel there is it uh, evening shawnee mac uh it was good catching up with you in aberdeen as always um buddy um, look, just a, a brief one on that. Obviously, I've done Glasgow and Aberdeen, and it was weird. And Scotland doesn't work without Gary Anderson. And that shouldn't be the case because it should be about the sport. But the atmosphere at both venues wasn't the same this year without Gary. That's a little bit of a concern for me. Is that more of an issue knowing that the same 16 venues next year have already been retained? Yeah, possibly. Um, but look, the, the, the crowds, were, the atmosphere was still good, 
but it wasn't ele- Glasgow and Aberdeen both weren't electric like they were when Gary played. Yeah, it, it is difficult to with reward or not. Right now, you can't just try Darren Anderson being in the Premier League for two venues. That's the the difference. So then, contenders. <laughs> the same, the same contender at two venues. I, I, I tell you what, if that ever happened, please record the phone call. Hi, right, Gary, double world champion, Premier League champion, match play champion. Do you want to be a contender? <laughs> Local heroes, we'll call them that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It, 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 from Brighton. Yeah. Look, it, it was weird, but back back to the darts because we'll we'll go through it. Um, look, we're not going to go through it all because we've got a lot to get through. But in the quarterfinals, Nathan Aspinall was sensational in beating Johnny Clayton and doing half the job he had to do. It was yeah. only one out three. It was my sort of lot at the end of that game because he didn't put a foot wrong. When I think we all backed Johnny, or we all sort of saw that sort of route coming. And when I say we all, I know started our predictor and it was very much Johnny sided um, because no one sort of, would there have been a massive surprise if Ash would have won? Probably not. The fact that Ash put that performance in and demolished Johnny Clayton um, with Clayton not doing an awful lot. Well, yes, he started a bit slow, but it was just a, a sensational performance when needed. However, it probably just took too much out of Nathan Aspinall the emotion of that day, the crowd involvement, the manner of the performance. Um, but it was one of the standout performances for me across the 16 weeks when it was needed, like says, at that time. Yeah. Um, so, we'll come on to the other semi-final. We'll come to the semi-finals in a minute, but we're going to skip then to the last, the last quarter-final. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen at the time was currently averaging around 108. And there was a massive, massive yelp groan when he pulled something in his arm. And everyone noticed it straight away. And we've got a clip to play and we've, we've spoken to him since. But from the moment he did it, everyone could see there was something wrong. Yeah, and actually, there was a moment where we thought winning that game was going to be actually a bad thing for Van Gerwen. Like he picks up the win and then withdrew anyway. Um, after seeing him play, uh, not play, but seeing him in person Friday, still more concerned. Seeing his performances on the board Saturday and Sunday, I think he'll be there. I don't think he's going to let this one go without a fight. If he hadn't have played this weekend and there was still doubts over his form, etc. later in the week, then if I was Nathan Aspel, I'd be getting quite giddy right now at the fact that I'd missed out, but maybe I wouldn't be missing out sort of thing. Um, but I, I, Unless something goes significantly wrong with Michael between now and Wednesday, I don't see him not playing on Thursday night. Yeah, well, we've got a clip to play in a second, but it was an interesting turn of events as well, because... As soon as he come off, he, he had treatment in the venue from the on-site um, paramedic teams that obviously the all live events have to have. So he, he immediately had treatment. Um, and Dave, obviously from the PDC, the the head of media come in and we were like, is he? Because we were like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? 
And at that point, it was, yes, he's going to play. And then he, they come in and went, Michael's won the ball. And then literally two minutes later, it was, he's not, he's not playing. It, it, it was a weird turn of events in that 15, 20 minutes. Well, yeah. with, with it being a week of, other than £10,000, no meaning to MVG, it's the right decision, surely. The, the, the strange for me was probably seeing him back Saturday Sunday so quickly after, um, but it was the right decision to pull at that time. If there's any doubt whatsoever, the big prize of the Premier League is finals week, not finishing top, it makes no difference, not... It doesn't matter where you finish in the table in theory. So, London's win that top four. It was the right thing to do. The fact, I'm surprised, the fact he even pulled up um, when we sort of got the message that he pulled up was more surprising than the fact he pulled out. Um, it would have been a strange move for him to play. At that point, he was just trying to work out how far he can push it. He didn't feel comfortable enough at that point going back again if it was just a one-off or if it was every single time he threw it. You just got to learn about yourself after... 10, 15, 20 minutes rest sort of thing. Um, the other thing that will probably buoy him is much like Nathan Aspinall when he hurt his wrist last year, he's been given reassurances on Friday and Saturday morning that whatever he does, he will not make it worse. Yeah. And that must allow you to play through that pain barrier. I think to some extent, Nathan Aspinall was incredibly edgy about the fact he thought at one point he could throw a dart and his wrist would just snap in half. The minute you said, nope, that's not going to happen, almost physically impossible, look at the upturn in results Nathan Haspel had last season. He's in the Premier League now because of the change in form from that moment. And I think just that reassurance that Michael has received from physios Friday and Saturday morning, played Pro Tour this weekend, he'll be there Thursday. Yeah, well, we've got a clip in a minute to to play. So then all eyes were on semi-final number one where Gerwin Price went out to bat for his World Cup teammate, Johnny Clayton. Nathan Aspinall had to win. And there was a moment in the game, I think Gezi took out, it was a one-two something with Aspinall on a double. And it was the look, the camera panned to Nathan behind him and it was enough to say, it's just not going to happen. Especially given that you'd already had issues with the crowd at that point as well, you could just feel like nothing is going your way. And when you've got a fight and battle, like it's just a wall, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but Nathan gave it his all. Um, look, Dimitri did go on to win the night. Let, let's let's give Dimitri some credit. Do I think he'd have won it if Michael Van Gogh had pulled out? No, just because of his record against Michael. Um, probably before the night, I would agree yeah, with you. Yeah. Yeah, before the yeah. night, yeah. Yeah, do, do I think that he'd have beaten Michael? Because I've, I've got Michael to go through. Yeah. And no, not, not, a, not a chance. But look, you can only play the hand that you're dealt. And Dimitri played it very, very well. It did. And look, go and win a night. One of seven now to do so. Um, Lee politely reminded us that at the start of the campaign, one of us back five, one of us back six, and one of us back all eight. So that completely screwed that prediction the only way possible at that point. Um, and you can't take anything away from Dimitri that night with my special. 
special, but in, against Michael Smith and and going prize back to back wins on the night, fair play. Um, I think the fairest assessment of it is it papers over the cracks a little bit. In the most part, this has not been a good campaign for Dimitri Vandenberg. No, I agree. Hundred percent. Right, we've got some clips. We'll play Dimitri's from the night first of all. But uh, the crowd got on his back and he just showed his class again. It was 5-3 down, he came back to 5-5. He should have won in the end, in the very end, he should have won. He missed, I had a chance and I took it and I was like, oh my days, what's happening? Like, I've managed to win a Premier League night and I know it took all the way to the last 16, like the 16th night. But Demi is a winner. I am a winner. <laughs> What's that period like in between you beating Michael Smith and knowing that we're in the final? Because obviously Michael got injured. I'm guessing you could see that in the practice room. I, yeah. you, you then pull up as well, thinking yeah. you're playing, and then I lost hard. the ball. I lost the ball against Van Gerwen. Don't forget that. I also lost the ball because even though Michael was having some troubles with himself, we bowled up. And he straight away hit bullseye as well, and he even won the ball. And I'm like, all right, you've got to go up there, and on the stage, you've got to do the business. That's what I was thinking, very simple. And then uh, all of a sudden, I got told just before we had to go up, Michael has to pull out. The injury is just too much, and uh, he's not feeling that he's going to push himself. So, yeah, fair play to him. That's uh, professionalism, very simple, I understand it. But, yeah, that puts me into a position. It's my second final. I had to win my first game to get into this position, so it's not that I just got granted it. I still had to beat the world champ. I still had to beat Michael Smith, who has won three nights in a row. So it's not that I just got it easy. So yeah, just make sure that you focused on the on the positives, just like I am. And uh, all of a sudden, Dimitri Vandenberg has got his first W. And you know what? Get in, booyah! After you, Lee. No, after you, Jed. <laughs> Don't drink Malibu, kids. Well done, Dimitri. <laughs> um, right. I, don't think there's, I don't think there's any other player who would have celebrated the way he's in that press conference. That's what yeah. I, I don't think there's um, anyone else. Right, these two next clips, weren't, they were done the next days, so but they're still specific to... Their, first of all, we're going to listen to a very relieved Johnny Clayton. By text, to be fair to him, true gentleman, he said, um, congratulations, and go and smash it next week. You know, that takes a lot, because obviously, like, you just asked me that question, feelings after losing are totally different to feelings after winning, and especially to get through to that final four. So, um, to be fair to him, true gentleman, class act, fair play to Nathan Aspel. I like that. Big, big, big fan of that. Because literally, Johnny... He couldn't get out of the venue quick enough. And he, he was like, did you watch it? He's like, no, I didn't want to. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And his mate Kendall, who travels with him a lot of the time, decided to watch it instead. So Johnny was like, I didn't want to know what was going on instead. I knew because Kendall was cheering or stressing every time one of them won a leg. So it was good. But then... On Friday, this was the one that everyone wanted. Uh, the big exhibition in Armageddon, which was a fabulous event, which Michael was meant to be going head-to-head with Gezi. Um, MVG still turned up to do all the, the meet and greets and everything for people. We managed to get a word with him, and this is what he said. It's okay, of course. The uh, mo- most important thing uh, for me is next week, and uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to take any risk. But uh, I've seen some uh, specialists today, and I'm also going to see them tomorrow morning. And it, it goes a little bit better, but it's not 100%. And um, I, yeah, this it, is what it is. You can really change it. And it, it was the weird thing is, it, it come there out, out of the blue. Do you know what I mean? And that was worrying me a little bit. But they said uh, for the rest, it couldn't really get worse or anything. Just yeah, been moving too many too many boxes. <laughs> I think in the last weeks uh, at home. But uh, it's one of them things. So obviously, looking ahead. Yeah. Are you going to play at the O2? Right, right, right now, are you going to play? 100%, yeah, of course. Even with the same injury than than yesterday, I will play next week, 100%. Because I, uh, it's too important, so I need to make sure I get my rest now for, for the next few days uh, and see m- maybe I can play the weekend. I don't, I'm not too sure yet. Depends how, how I feel in the morning, and then I'm going to decide. You could see it when he was talking there that it's not going to get any worse, and all of a sudden... Even the tone in your voice picked up. Yeah, look, he's about to go and play a, a Premier League finals night with effectively half a throwing arm. And he's still saying as if the, the, the tone to say, yeah, I'm going to be there is, yeah, and I'm probably going to win it. Is is There's an undertone to that confidence in the way that he speaks and the way that Van Gerwen carries himself. But look, he will have a belief. Didn't play fantastic this weekend on the Pro Tour, but the fact he went through those motions, just kept his arm loose. We'll have a couple of days rest now, get some practice board before Thursday. Anything can happen, can't it? I, I guess I also think there's, yes, that's good news that if he plays, he can't make it any worse. But I think you've got a time of the year where if he's to miss, he would rather miss a couple of players' championships and probably even the World Cup, well, definitely the World Cup, over the Premier League finals night. We know that. We've seen it before. So, um his focus has got to be on these next two weeks. So I'm sure he'd have New York in his sights as well after the Premier League. Once that's then done, if there is needed a, a time for it to heal, time for him to pre- prepare for the match play, we all know after the Premier League, his preparation will turn to the match play. And if it means missing certain events, he'll make that call then. But he was never going to miss the Premier League. No, he, would, no. he would probably throw left-handed before he'd give up his, his chance playing in the finals night. I think you're right, but like Peter Wright withdrew from World Series events last year down under. Whilst Michael Van Gerwen is a massive part of what the PDC looked to do abroad, especially in these sort of events, if he gets through Thursday night, 
Alan goes, actually, I need a, a rest. Four to six weeks of World Series and World Cup, get himself ready. So he's got a couple of pro tours ready to go for the match play. It's, it's probably a, a realistic game for him right now, especially if he's a, been able to play on it this weekend. If he needs that time to, to go and load manage. I don't see him missing New York. I see him, if he was going to miss something in the World Cup, I don't see him missing New York. I agree. Um, so, all eyes turn to the O2. Um, first of all, um, Harry obviously commented it as well. And I've just had a quick look on Ticketmaster. Although it doesn't tell you how many sold, there is an awful lot of blue unsold areas on Ticketmaster for a huge arena. Keep an eye on our social media so when the PDC asks us to do a giveaway to fill their seats. Alright, I've had a quick look. There's, a, there's an awful lot. There's Which, even some table seats available still. Which when we talked about the Premier League and commercially what it offers, I have to throw the word in, sorry, Dob, for what the Premier League offers and you look at the venues across countries, the Europe, the 16 weeks tends to deliver in regards to sales. The fact you've come to the showpiece event of the Premier League and we're talking about lack of sales will be of concern because the rest, the rest of the venues have sold predominantly well. Yes, there's not been complete sellouts, but there's still been very good sales, even at venues that don't always let them know sort of numbers. So it will be a concern for the Premier League, for the PDC. Because 10 years ago, Premier League finals night was a chance to go and see Van Gerwen, Anderson, Taylor, Barney, whatever. Four top players that have only played each other maybe three times <laughs> maximum since the World Championships go and play over a longer format and go at each other and a big build-up and a big media build-up and a big talking it up and rivalries and Taylor and Barney giving each other jip and via Sky because social media wasn't really a thing. It's just not hyped up enough. Yeah, look, I've just zoomed in. The blocks that are blue, they're not all... There are tickets sold, but there are still tickets available. I don't know the, the actual number. I will try and find out before Thursday. But look, back to the darts itself. Um, Sean Mac does say darts central unusually sell well. Uh, it, it's I've never seen the O2 sold out, but it, it's always been okay. But the Indigo next door is the best venue for darts in the country. He's still laughing to himself in the background. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I just look, uh, just just quoting somebody. Yeah, I'm going to quote someone as well. Stupid. <laughs> that was my thoughts when I heard that line because I phoned <laughs> Phil to tell him. <laughs> uh, right. So, semi-finals. First up will be Gavin Price against Johnny Clayton followed by a repeat of the world final as Michael Smith takes on Michael Van Gerwen. Now, how do we see the semi-finals going? 
number one first. World Cup teammates collide. Chat room, get involved as well. How are you seeing the first one go down? Look, I think there is a clear favourite in this. <laughs> I think we all saw that at the same time. I was laughing at that. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, that's getting... I, I love Maisie, that's brilliant. <laughs> uh, completely agree with there being a favourite and that being Gerwin Price. Their recent head-to-head, especially in this Premier League, has favoured the Iceman. Um, if he gets going, he's, he's incredibly difficult to stop. Some of the, the opening... The way he started matches, especially like opening rounds of the Pro Tours or, or first match of the night on the... Um, in the World Cup, in the Premier League, sorry, has been just ridiculous. Um, it's about can Johnny Clayton stay with that? Can he pick off little mini sessions? Because they will get the odd break, won't they? One or two, yeah. maybe. Two off in. Um, yeah. The big thing to notice is that for the last two weeks, Gerwin Price has hit the most 180s in the Premier League on a night. Johnny Clayton has the two highest checkouts. And we spoke about that timing those big moments that Johnny Clayton is producing. And I feel like for the first semi-final, that's what he's going to need to do. He's going to have to bring those. He's going to need a couple of outside shots. He's going to need to snipe if Gerwin Price misses two darts in hand at top. He's going to have to punish Price mistakes early on and let him know about it. If you let him get too far in front, I'm not sure that comeback's on. It won't be the same as the Grand Prix when they've met previously, that, that big comeback that happen there. If Gerwin Price gets out in front of this one, I think he will win the match. It's the, the scorer against the finisher, but my worry is the finisher isn't going to get opportunities to finish because of Price's scoring. Before the weekend, I would have said yes. Um, after watching him play Thursday night just gone, um, even the week before when he beat Dimmy, he wasn't quite there against Michael Smith. And then watching him Friday night against Gerwin Price as well. There wasn't enough first starts in the treble for Johnny to build around to make those 140s, those 180s. Sunday, that changed a little bit. The scoring power from Johnny was significantly better. We saw one leg where he went 140, 148, he won 140 out. And then, and then the next two visits were 140. Five visits in six were well, 140s. Like if he brings that level of scoring power, that relentlessness, he can live with Gerwin Price 100%. But if he starts throwing 85s or a loose start or 60s or, or whatever, he's in trouble. Score prediction for semi final number one. I'm, I'll kick us off. I am going 10 6 Gerwin Price. I'll go second and I'll 10 8 Johnny Clayton. Mm-hmm. 10 5 price. What have we got in the chat room? Uh, Jim has joined us. How are we all doing? Um, we've got price 10 7. 11 8 Gezi, but we'll, 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 we'll go with 10 8. <laughs> uh, he's bobbed to be fair, he changed it there. 10 8. Uh, I said 10 7 price. Jim's going 100% Johnny. 
We'll come on to the second one in a minute. Um, so, Morgan's gone big. I don't think it'll be that one, but... Um, so, semi-final number two. It's a repeat of the world final. But so many question marks, like we've just spoken about. Michael Smith against Michael Van Gerwen. Break it down for us. It's a lot's going to come on the injury. But even for a, a minute, if we put the injury to one side and talk about Michael Van Gerwen's current form pre-injury, we talked about there being a strong favourite in the first, or a favourite in the first one. Week nine, week ten, there was only one person who was lifting this Premier League title, and that was Michael Van Derwin. Right now, I don't think he would be favourite down into a semi-final against any of the the four because of his form in the situate. Yes, he probably would be butties, but I think looking at it in current form, and I think. What Michael Smith's done, excuse Thursday just done, and I know it's easy enough to say that, but he's beaten everyone apart from Dimi in the Premier League over the current form. The dame of Michael Smith, I think currently he's just too strong for MVG. Add on to that the injury, or hopefully we've got a fully fit Michael Van Derwin because it'll make the dame so much better. But I think there's only one winner, and I think it's Bully Boy. Just on current form, like says, add injury to that, and that probably made him even trunder. Just hope we see the dame that we know that the two can produce, um, and it should be a fantastic semi final. I just um, hope that Van Derwin is fit. Just looking at some of the odds, most have got them 10 to 11 each. There are a few that you can get evens on Michael Van Gerwen to beat Michael Smith. A few have got Smith favourite, but the majority have got them level, can't split them. I think if the final was played last Wednesday, I would still have fancied Michael Smith with Torrent form. I think that's the difference. I'm not trying to... It's hard to talk about an injury that we're not sure how bad it is, that Michael Van Gerwen could be fully fit on Thursday. So I want to sort of predict this taking the injury out of the equation because if he is injured, the only way that then MVG wins is if Michael Smith somehow drops his game because of the sort of the whole occasion and MVG struggling, the pace getting slower, stuff like that. Injury aside, I think Michael Smith's currently the better player and wins this time. I completely agree. Um, I think Van Gerwen has been on the beach for one of that phrase since a very early part of this campaign. Um, and the lack of concentration is going to get to him even before the injury. Um, that's not to say he hasn't tried up there or whatever else, but the only thing that mattered in this Premier League was booking his spot at finals night. And since about week five, he seems to have had that secured in the bag. Um the problem that Michael's got is that five, six years ago, he would have been able to switch off, coast his way through and switch on exactly when he needs to. The last two and a bit years of Michael Van Gerwen has not been able to do that. And I think 
as confidently is and as we are seeing more and more consistency from him, he's producing more and more of those moments that make you think that he might still get back to 2016, 2017 Van Gerwen that, that wins when he wants sort of thing. I think he's taken a little bit of a liberty there and it's going to cost him because at the same time, Michael Smith has got his Premier League absolutely bang on. 16 weeks is a awfully long time. Um, he dealt with his media um, responsibilities from the World Championship that were still looming over the start of the Premier League and, and whatever other commitments he had while still accumulating the odd points, but not really putting the effort into, not, not putting the effort in, but not picking up night wins. He's built that campaign up towards the back end. And right now, I think he's a far more informed player than Van Gerwen, even before the injury. So I'm going Smith as well. I think I, I, I agree that no injury, I think it would be a, a close game, but I'm not convinced how fit MVG is going to be. Um, but he does have a knack of turning up on final days. I wouldn't write him off, but I agree that I think Smith is favourite. Oh, look, if anybody in the world of darts is able to rock up with half an arm and win a Premier League finals night, Van Gerwen's name is one you're going to put in that conversation straight away. Look, let's let's not. Does Dob just on that one? Then sorry, just on that one. The the fact he's playing semi final two has the massive negative for me on MVG. If he gets through Smith. Yeah. The fact he's potentially has his only got what is it about 15 20 minutes Premier League finals? Not I know it's normally a little bit longer than that's about 20, minute. minutes. That's like 20, yeah. minutes normally. 20 minutes. That isn't the same as what you'd have for let's say Johnny Clayton or Price comes through that one. They've got about an hour and a half, give or take, depending how the day does. But I just think, yes, it could seize up if you're in semi final one, not doing anything, but you can also get back on the board and practice the fact he would have to return back to a London format game so quickly. After we didn't on Thursday play a game not long after, I find it very, very difficult for MVG to come through and win this Premier League. Especially as Bill and I looked at the numbers over the weekend and six of the last seven Premier Leagues have been won by somebody that plays in the first semi-final. Um, I had look, if Van Gerwen was to overturn Michael Smith and be in that final, I'd, we'd be on semi-finals now by the looks of it. Um, the weekend worked out perfectly for him in that regard. Saturday, he played one game. He produced a 103 average in a 10-leg match. Didn't have to play anymore. All right, he lost it in a couple of key moments, but he proved that he's got that level. And then on Sunday, he played three or four games, I think it was, or wherever he lost. So he's shown that he can play more games straight afterwards. Look, not quite at the same 103 level that we saw in that first game on Saturday. There was glimpses of odd moments. There were a couple of rogue darts as well. But again, if they're like the mini sessions of five for an ad break that we're going to see, he can afford to lose one of them 3-2 or 4-1 if he goes back and wins the one where he's got the darts for one sort of thing. So it's just about how he manages that. If anybody's going to be able to do this with carrying an injury, then I think Van Gerwen is one of those in that conversation. Um, however, I, I don't think he'll make the final. I think Smith will win that one 10-6 and we'll get a prize for a Smith final, which is one versus two. Um, and I don't think anybody can really argue with that after the last 16 weeks. So, crunch time. 
who will be the 2023 Premier League champion? Will there be a new name on the trophy? Or will there be a repeat name? My winner was quite easy until uh, Dob decided to throw a fact at me about the Premier League winner coming from that semi-final one. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with my... I'm I, My thought was Michael Smith, and I'm sticking with Michael Smith. Um, I think he beat Jonathan Clayton in the final. However, I see it going all the way. I do think it'll be a final that will produce, even if it is Desi in there, either way that that lands. I agree that the best two players would see Smith and Price. And I think my heart is telling me I'd like to see that on Thursday night, but I've just got this neat feeling that Clayton will find a way and we'll see Clayton, Michael Smith, and Smith wins it in 21 legs. Finds an 11 darter in the last leg and wins it in style. I can't ignore the stats. Stats are there to... The first time we've ever done some research and he's sticking to it like glue. <laughs> I, 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 I can't look past how weighted it is in favour of semi-final number one. Yeah, If Michael Smith comes through that tie, and I know we're all saying that he is at the moment with the, the injury and so on, is he the best player out of the four to just dial back on? Does that sort of give him a bit of an advantage? Yes, the, the stats rely to semi-final one, but that probably would suit Bully Boy more than it would the others. I think so. It would, but I also think Price playing in semi-final number one suits him. Yeah. I imagine to Clayton, so obviously my argument's yeah. slightly different on that, but I've, I just think Smith carries on. I, I, I think Garen Price has been the best player across the 16 weeks. And, 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 and I think he goes to the O2 and adds one of the biggest titles in darts to the CV that is missing. I think Garen Price will be the 2023 Premier League champion. I went looking for the stats to try and talk myself out of it, but I'm still going Michael Smith. That's why we love you, mate. I, Michael Smith was my pick before we went looking for the stats. I still thought this weekend that he did the job, and I, I can't change my mind right now. Um, the fact he didn't play this weekend obviously means there's less of us to judge form that a couple of days before. We did see Gezi make an appearance, but. Michael Smith that we've seen for the last few weeks, especially when he won three weeks on the spin, was the same Michael Smith mentally that won the World Championship. And that's been important for me because that was missing for a while. That that little bit of drive, that little bit of edge to Michael Smith where there's that cool confidence about him, that seems to be back right now. And over a longer format, I think that will just come out. And there is also the chance that if Van Gerwen isn't at full strength, that game doesn't last very long. Dob, and with him not playing this weekend, knowing he's in that form, the only way he can keep his confidence at that level is by winning one of these. 
So the fact he's pulled out thinking my confidence is already where it is, I think was a has the potential to be a great move because of the money that's in the Premier League. Yeah. These players know how to manage their schedules now. They've been doing it for long enough at the very, very top level. Price, Smith. Smith is one that doesn't tend to normally manage it, but if he's opted for a rest this weekend, then I think he knows what he's doing because he is one that would try and play and absolutely everything. There was events last year where he joked that he tried to pull out of it and um, his partner was like, nope, you're going, you're playing, we've already booked your travel and accommodation, whatever, just go and do it, lump it, put up with it, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that the fact he's taken a week off means he knows exactly what he's doing. He's got a busy couple of weeks coming up after that. He's already secured for the World Cup. He's got New York coming up, but I think he'll be in the right place to, to go there on Thursday night. And the other... Big, big thing that none of us have mentioned yet, but I think will come into play at some point, rightly or wrongly, is the fact that Michael Smith is English. Mm, I don't think it will. Nah. I do. And look, I don't want it to, but I, mm. there is a worry that in that final, Gerwin Price will take cop from the crowd. I don't think... I don't think the the crowd are totally in that sort of mindset. I'm sort of writing off Thursday, but I think that was very much across a number of players. I I don't think that will play an impact on Thursday. My God, I hope it doesn't. I hope, I, look, I, I pray to God I it doesn't. Think it will. I don't think it will. I think there's a chance that an Englishman in the final means the other person doesn't get a friendly reception. My, my The only way that that don't happens is if we see earlier on in the night and it's not because he's Welsh but it's more of an anti-Durbin price and we see people support Johnny Clayton but well if they do it because he's Welsh it's a bit daft because he's playing a Welsh <laughs> no but I mean what I that, that you'd only see it in the final then wouldn't you but the yeah. only way that people go against him is because it's Durbin price yeah. I think we've lost that a lot of the Premier League the, if anything they've turned on the lights of Dimi and Peter Wright that we've never seen before but I don't I I'm not concerned about that on Thursday, and hopefully we have we have lost that a little bit. But I think a look, Aberdeen was one that goes against that a bit, which is recency bias, and b going Price has always been able to go into those venues and get them on side, but he's never really played anybody from that nationality when doing so. I don't think he played Michael in Rotterdam. When they went to Germany, obviously there wasn't anyone, any Germans there. Aberdeen against Peter Wright. Mm, I'm about as Scottish as he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not worried about it on Thursday. I'm I'm with Branner on this one. I think the O2 is too big to have the same impact as the little intimate venues. Depends if no one's in there. Premier League no Gibraltar Friday afternoon. That's not over there. But I, I, I just think that, that Price is on the way to cementing his legacy as one of the all-time greats. And he adds one of the missing two to the collection. Since you've on the train with him, you've changed, you have. It used to be all about the money. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that does happen, 
like, I know we'll probably address this post, but how big a turnaround will that be for Gerwin Price? Because let's be honest, his record in the Premier League is shocking. Him and Peter Wright for two of the players that are in contention, if not already there, for top 10 greats of all time in terms of number of titles won, have never, ever... Peter Wright's made two finals nights. Is that a mindset change, though, for Price that we've seen? I don't know. That, that, that was where I was going with it. Is it mindset? Is it actually this Let's, field hasn't been as strong as it could have been? I think it's a combination of a few things. First of all, Peter Wright should have won a Premier League title. Let's be fair. He completely pressed the self-destruct button in that final. There's no question Peter Wright should have the triple crown next to his name. Uh, yeah, but the concern yeah, for Peter Wright is... He agreed. <laughs> I'm agreeing with him, should have won a Premier League title. The concern for me isn't the year that he should have won a Premier League title. The concern for me is the other eight out of ten years where he's failed to be in the top four in both formats. The, the, the Premier League over 16 weeks is a long time to get it right. And as you said earlier, Michael Smith has judged it to perfection. And... It is all about just getting sure, making sure you are at the O2. That is the bottom line. And if you do that, it then just becomes a knockout tournament on one night. The hard bit is getting there. And and you've said that, but both of you have written off Johnny Clayton, who's done exactly that yeah. by just making it and striving for him. Um, well, more stats. The last time Johnny Clayton finished fourth in the Premier League, he won it. Have you, eaten a, have you eaten a stat book before you come on today? Where are all these things? Players have finished fourth last year, wired a double to win it. Uh, to, to be fair, we've got an interview with Joe Cullen coming out this week and he says a great line talking about the Premier League. He, went, he, he, he was like, yeah, he went, well, I ironed Johnny out last year, so he's got a chance this year. <laughs> Along with Coronation Street and MNL, but that'll probably be in the headline. <laughs> um, but that is the Premier League concludes this week. Moving on, there was Boise likes an announcement from a certain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've forgotten this had happened. Oh, I hadn't. Don't worry. You know what? I'll happily remove myself from this part if you want. I'm done. Oh, you're <laughs> right there, pal. Why? We had, a, we had a announcement about a non-announcement about the World Masters. Um. Back in, was it March, uh, Nick Rolls, the General Secretary, said there would be something happening and there would be an announcement by the 31st of March. We're now midway through May and we get, we're get we putting it back till June. For one of the most prestigious tournaments in world darts, it's a fucking mess. Can I just quote... Can I just quote something from the statement? Because I had it up ready. I knew you were going to come to me. Even though you didn't want to. <laughs> just one line. We also know that radio silence is not helpful for players. If you know that, tell them something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why is it taking until the middle of May to produce this is the issue? Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's another... It's another... Uh, and. It's more Tottenham really? defensive. 
yeah, it's a statement about that. No, there's no statement. It's oh. basically we haven't got enough money in to run it, and we're still trying to work it out. When you it's, read between the lines, it's a bit of a play by the sounds of things. Yeah, it's it isn't. It isn't. I, look, I, sometimes you just have to take a little bit of a leap of faith and hope that these things come off. Um, if they're not ready to announce, then saying that puts things in jeopardy. If there's a part of the statement where it says we're working on securing not only the current tournament, but the long-term future. If there are genuine conversations about that going on, then pushing it back for me is not an issue. The, the timing of the statement, not great. Everything else that, that comes with it and, and that and the WDF look, could have been managed better. What, what they need to do, and whilst they don't have the funds to do it, is recruit somebody that understands PR immediately. If it's, Dob, if it's not a play for sponsors or anything to just support with the whole event, then this message that's been sent and made public should have just been sent to players. Because... Players should be updated regular if there is no announcement. But I'm not sure what this deigns positively from a fan perspective, other than it's another statement about a non-statement. So if it's not if it's not my, my my part on this is if it's not a plea to that supporters or sponsors, what is the point for from a non-player perspective? Because I don't see any. Because let's be honest, there are far too many players involved in the WF for them to specify which one should and shouldn't receive this. And at least one of them is going to put it on social media somewhere anyway. So it's damage limitation that they've or produced it themselves rather than been leaked by someone else and people start having pop shots at it. Yeah, if this conversation we had... But, but then that's a player who's done that. I just don't... Literally, I... I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit excited when I saw the message come up, so I thought at least read anyone. <laughs> to then read it and then to the end of it, I was more disappointed if I wouldn't have seen anything at all. My Part of my issue is as well is the radio silence, which they kind of said, but they're still trying to get players to go around the world, recruit ranking points. The whole selling point of the WDF Tour for the top-end players is to get to the Worlds and get to the Masters. Yeah, that that's that's the selling point. That's the two big tournaments that they're selling the dream of. Yet we've got one that they're still trying to push, but is it even going to happen? And now, if it does, they're going to have to try and cram two big major events into a four or five month window for this to have an impact on seeding positions for this year's World Championship. It needs to happen before October. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's October when the the draws made for the Worlds or the seeding cut-off is. Yes, the, seed, the seeding players are already qualified, but it's where they qualify. This tournament has to happen before October for it to have an impact on this year's Worlds. Also, you don't want to, I'm with you, you don't want a Masters event in November and your World Championship in December when those are the only two events that you have in a 12-month window of TV coverage. I think we sort of had similar discussions, Dob, when the seniors sort of started about having those cramming in of TV tournaments and then nothing 
for a large period of time. Yes, you still have your floor events and your opens, but the long-term aim of this needs to be that the Masters takes part, for me, in around June, July time. Not yeah. that you made an announcement around June, July, with your Worlds in December. In terms of exposure, short gaps between your your events isn't the worst thing in the world for, for that period of time. But the problem is that is also the busiest time in the calendar for darts events because yeah. a lot of no one runs september to january or whatever school calendar it's, it's january to december isn't it a lot of cycles rankings etc so look, the pdc obviously dominate that massively it, it's just, just again a little bit of a mess and for too long genuinely agree with politics in the main part and decision making and no, I'm not here going to sit and tell you that everything should be a dictatorship but I think some sort of businesses like this would benefit from that I'm just looking, I've, I've just got the WDF calendar up as well I struggle to see where you fit it in because there's just ranking tournaments everywhere I, I would I would think they, there's it's hard to see what the button and the cost and all that associated to it, but the Masters should override anything normally because you've left... Uh, so yeah, the, the individuals are left... run by associations, aren't they? Like, either yeah. you can run them both at the same time, it doesn't matter. They're just the, cut off at the ranking points. The problem is you just piss a country off, don't you, by running your second biggest event over one of theirs. Um. Yeah, but not everybody's going to qualify for that anyway, are they? For the World Masters, they do run that over there, fine. But you can still send, however, say it's I don't know, Danish darts open that weekend that they decide to choose it. There aren't going to be 170 Danish players qualifying for the World Masters, are there? They're not now, but you've got your qualifiers for it as well. And they made the day before, two days before, was it run last year? I don't know. Potentially. Depends on they do it, don't they? Oh, the entries that they had, yeah. I'm... It's just a bit of a... I'd say it's bad to the statement. It's just a bit of a nothing statement. It's not it an is, We now have a second date to work towards because that first date has clearly come and gone. Radio silence and just doubts being out there. Does it mean Spend anything? A little. What? Does it mean anything? A second day to work up towards? No. If they honour it and if they give us a, an update at that date, then yes. If not, then you're like, well, you're full of shit. But if they give us an update on that to say we've now pushed that to the end of July, for example, just moving If they dates. come back with a second pushback, then no, it means absolutely nothing. If we don't get a clear update, by, by the end of June, if we do not get a yes or no from the WDF that they are ready to stage this tournament or they are pushing it back for a year, then that isn't good enough after now delaying and then putting out a statement about the delay. That has to come in June now. Regardless of whatever else happens, the end of June, the WDF have to communicate whether or not this tournament will be played this year or if it will be pushed back. Even still, if it gets pushed back, I think it's a joke because of the promise that's been sold to the players about going and qualifying for events. The same as 
that by the sounds of it, well, we've got a screenshot of someone within the WDF that said they knew the Worlds was going back. That World Qualifier that was held the same weekend as the Masters was sold as the dream that Lakeside is happening soon. And then it got pushed back. And then there was a comment on a Facebook when one of the groups by someone within the WDF that said, well, we all knew in November it was getting pushed back. Yet they solved the dream of that qualifier to get people to go. I guess they, they did and they didn't. Not they did and they didn't, but you also have to look at the counter, that is. When they did know, a lot of people would have already been booked in for that qualifier. And that's a, in a cost of living crisis. Lots of people losing money that have already registered for that on things that aren't refundable would have been worse than running a qualifier a year and a bit ahead of the event. And at that point, you have to push as many people there to make that qualifier valid. I've got no issue with that. Is But if the w, if the inner people within the WDF knew, like that post said, tell the players at the same time, look, the qualifier is here, but the tournament's not going to happen for a year. But then that invalidates the costs of running that tournament, doesn't it? Because you are going to get less attended. But it's, it's still a it's, it's underhand. It's underhand, but as a business, as a business, you can't afford for that to not be well attended. Not in the state that company are right now, anyway. And that's the issue. Well, I disagree. Well, yeah, with the, with the Masters being that weekend, I think it's only that it's you're already there. It's going to be yeah. as attended as it would be anyway. I think. And you said as a business, the number of times I've said that about the PDC, and you've gone no, 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 no. You're either a business or a governing body, you keep saying. Well, yeah, you are, but... They can't have it both. Staging events has a cost at that level. Yeah, it does. But the fact that it goes back, they already knew. It's a lie to the players. Yeah. It wasn't a lie. What is it? It wasn't a lie, was it? It's, it's a bending, but it's not a lie. Bending. I did anybody go, yeah, this? You've changed. Yeah, you've changed. <laughs> you know an event at the end of the year when you tell people you've got a qualifier for the middle of the year. That's a lie. They never said when. They just said World Championship qualifier. Okay, it was very much insinuated. It was yeah, right, insinuated, but it's not lying. There's a difference. Was, was it in their calendar for a certain month? No, it was removed from their calendar way before that. Sure, it was. Mm. Anyway, there's 10 minutes left. <laughs> we haven't done question time, and there's surely more to talk about. Big weekend for the ADC. Yeah, huge weekend. Um, the pictures all across social media looked fabulous as the um, open series, they call it open series or tour events. That's the open series is the seniors. The, the tour events happened in Bridlington, both men and women. First women's events, and first of all, with the women's events, superb to see them so strongly supported by established names. Dita went there, Lisa went there. Yes, they cleaned up. Um, Kim Holden, who's done well on the women's series, Amanda Kirkwood, uh, as well. Great to see Angela, Angela, but great to see these. <laughs> I can, but great to see these supported. Yeah. No, I guess no real surprise. We, we um, 
with Lorraine on the other week was talking about where the women's game is and it, it being in such a positive light and the fact the ADC are holding these events as well, which are supported by some of the best women in the game at the moment, you know, and the winners showed that with Lisa and Dita. Um, it was just an all-round positive weekend for the ADC in what is generally such positive feedback on all the events that are run with these um, big open events, even better. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Andy and Andy Hamlin wasn't wasn't happy, um, but no doubt it will get addressed. Chris Wicken and picking up one of the titles. Yes, what a beard to be feared. Um, I've not great. changed, Steve. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm still are. exactly. No, 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 no. Retracted. <laughs> I've, I've not changed at all, right? You can't, you can't go in on something that hasn't gone wrong 100% yet. They've made mistakes. But until that event doesn't happen, because if they pull it out now, fair play to them. And we've sat here looking like absolute dickheads going, oh, you've made a statement, looking like idiots. If they if they pull out a World Masters this year, you can't sit here and criticise at this moment. You say communication hasn't been good enough at times, yes. But for the most part, if they pull out a World Masters this year, fair play to them. And that's the point. If that doesn't go ahead, or if we're sat here at the end of that second time, when they've been given the benefit of the doubt with this statement, there's a difference. You can't. It's the no, no Barzi, you, you know it as well because this is exactly the same as what sort of happened with our good friend Jar when Barney made his comeback. He went in on him before he'd even played an event. He rocks up and then he wins a pro tour three weeks later. This this is a this is a tournament that's been run for how many years with such history, and the fact you are naming your twelve month calendar and you have not got your masters in there is ridiculous but that that's my issue is the fact that they've been selling the, the, the tour all year go and get your ranking points on where the... where have they been selling that it's not on social media they don't have fucking social media presence it isn't good enough Oh, not selling anything. It just exists the way it's always existed. Well, they've got some sort of marketing team going. You need this, that, okay. and the other. Right. No, there's no communication at all. They're not selling anything. They are because they're still taking sanctioning fees off for tournaments to get ranking points for the worlds and the masters. Yeah, in right. case if they don't do that and then they pull off a masters, they've got no fucking order of merit to put people in for. But if they, if it then doesn't, but as a as a player. You need to get your calendar in order. Right, where do I need to go to to get ranking points? How many ranking points do I need? And at the moment... Yeah, right. And if they don't sanction these events, don't take it, and then there is a Masters, you'll be sat there going, well, you're fucking stupid, you should have seen this come in. Well, this is why it has to be at, at the start of every year. This is the They've had no money. They've had to start again. The BDO was fucked. Yeah, so there's no way yeah. looking at it. But... Well, as a, as a player, you cannot plan your year because you don't know when the tournament's going to be, when the cutoffs are going to be. So you could go and get a shitload of ranking points and be for nothing. All right. Same question to you, Steve. 
There's a lot of people getting a shitload of ADC ranking points. What are they playing for? But they haven't prom- promised anything. They were, and then it got pushed back because of... Cost of living crisis? They promised a global championship? Two relatively new organisations in similar situations, but we're sat here giving one the benefit of the doubt and one because it used to be something else that has more baggage to carry. Absolute pelters. It's not one's not one's a new organisation, one isn't. One's been going to In terms of the management level that the WF have taken on, it's new. The previously just existed in the background. Anyway, but what from what one's delivered to what are the other ones delivered in that time period? The offside the difference massively. The ADC are huge for that, and I cannot give them enough credit for that. But they both are without a big end of year product right now. Nah, but they are. Any response, Dob? Any, any, any response, Mr. Garwood? WDF, put it on YouTube as well. Ours is on Sporty Stuff TV. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Can you speak up a little bit? I didn't quite catch that. Said, I'm messing. Look, clearly there are levels between what they're both producing right now, but back to the ranking point. 
a big end of season what you're accumulating, part of that is some sort of national or international championship. Uh, right. CDC uh, results. First of all, event number one was won by uh, Jake Womack beating Steve Bunce in the final. Just got to say as well, the overall averages on the CDC this weekend were very good. Um, one sec, where are we? Event. I've got the qualifiers up. I forgot about the tour events as well. I'll, I'll do the floor events. You keep the qualifiers up. Event oh, number two. I'm just gonna still laugh in the background because I'm uh, done. I'm uh, telling uh, you tonight. Event I'll number two. Event number two was won by Alex Spellman. No surprise there, averaging 95 plus in the final. And then event number three was won by Leonard Gates, who will also go to the PDC World Cup on winning that event. Because of the way the ranking points are, he takes the spot to go alongside Jules Van Dongen. That was tight as well between him and Danny Baggish, wasn't it? It was, it was a point, weird... point yeah. going into the weekend or something. Um, and Leonard Gates averaging 97.62 in that final. And the final, and he was just relentless. Yeah. That is not a pair you want to draw. No. Uh, so you've got the qualifier up, Bill? Uh, yeah, the first one was won by Jason Brandon beating Jake McMillan. Uh, Leonard Gates and Danny Baggish both falling in the semi-finals. Uh, Danny Lauby, Jacob Taylor, Cherry Liner all beaten in the quarterfinals as well. Uh, this second uh, event um, qual uh, qualifier was won by JT Davis. I believe he was a Q School winner uh, for the CDC. They had their own version of Q School earlier in the year from Canada. They beat Elliot Milk in the final. Uh, Gary Mawson beating in the semis. Larry Butler in the quarterfinals. Jerry Lyon in the quarterfinals as well, uh, which means the eight players uh, participating in the US uh, Darts Masters um, for North America will be Jeff Smith, Matt Campbell, Jules Van Dongen, uh, Alex Spellman, Jim Long, Jason Brandon, JT Davis, and Jake McMillan. Which will be interesting to see some new names because when you think about the players that then haven't qualified, David Cameron, Leonard Gates, the defending champion, was not offered an invitation to an invitational event. That one's possibly an, an oversight now that we're here at the end of it. I did see a few comments flying on social media. Danny Baggish was a little bit perplexed that it was strange that none of the big names were there, but at the same time, they were all beaten in qualifiers a number of times. Admittedly, races to four are brutal, but, they were, but again, you know I'm... what you've got to do to be there, and you have one bad game that costs you, that's sport. Everybody's capable of that one bad game. You've got to be better and more consistent than everybody else in the room if you're going to go and pick up that spot. And on the day, you clearly were. No, I, to, to a point, I agree with that, but I also agree in any tournament, not just this one, by the way, the defending champion should always have the opportunity to defend their title. That's not here. That, that's in anything. That's not just arts. That, that's football, whatever. The defending champions should always have the opportunity to defend the title, in my opinion. Good 
that was the CDC. Um, where are we going to next? Uh, we have a list of Eurotour qualifiers, the associate member and host nation from this weekend. Uh, ET9, uh, Christian Kiss and Marcel Walpen were the victors. Uh, and ET10, Christian Kiss doubled it up with Daryl Pilgrim. Uh, ET11, it was Wesley Placier and Roy van der Glint. Uh, on ET12, Andy Bolton and Scott Mitchell uh, will make his European Tour debut in Hungary. And ET13, Daryl Pilgrim picking up a second appearance with Yella Klassen. The home nation, the host nation qualifiers also took place uh, over this weekend. There was just three of them, though, for ET, 9, 10, and 11. Uh, good news if you like falling asleep. Liam Maindor Lawrence has qualified for two out of the three. They qualifies for ET, 9, and 10. And Nico Kurtz qualifies for 9 and 11. And the two other players, Fabian Hertz for ET, 10, and Danny Tessman for ET, 11. Let's hope Ryan Meikle is not at them as well. Otherwise, it could be carnage. <laughs> um, look. So, uh, we are in Fergie time, but we are still going to do question time as always. We're not going to sell you short. Um, so, get your questions in. We've got, I've started a few from earlier on. Are there a minimum number of pro tours Carl Ben Holdings are playing? Uh, at the moment, it is totally down to the individual once you've won your card. But it wouldn't surprise me things that have happened in recent years if maybe there was a percentage bought in. Should be. Um, this one's for you, Boise. <coughs> Joe Bars. Phil Bars. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you were picking somebody to save your life based on their ability to have a debate, who are you back in? Tonight, Phil Bars. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm not having it. End of, <laughs> end of discussion. <laughs> yeah, if I wanted a really, really short debate, <laughs> I would have Phil Bars. If I wanted a longer debate, I would have yourself. If I wanted a delayed debate, I'd have Steve Brown because he's about to tell his mind and he'll in a minute. <laughs> it's a bad time, yeah. No. Um, and by the way, Gob, your Champions League hopes are officially over. They're not. His luck can still fuck up. Nothing will happen. <laughs> I'm not saying they will, but they can, so it's not over. Don't worry, yeah. folks. Now that yeah. we're finished, you can go and tune into the sports bar with Jason Cundy showing. Has anybody seen like a fucking toddler on Talksport? We are in, we are in the Champions League just as much as Ryan Sol was in the match play when we was asking you was Ryan Sol in the match play. <laughs> it's the same comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Which means you're not actually safe. We're not. Yeah, we're not dark green, <laughs> but we're there. Which is not dark green. Same as uh, Matura in the women's match play. Oh, it's definitely there. Can we please have some dark green on that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please listen to us. 
Yeah, uh, right. Final, get get your questions in then and we will answer them. Plenty coming up. Premier League finals, media day as well. We've got plenty of interviews going out this week as well. There's some interesting comments, Gob, isn't there? From what, what, what? There's some interesting comments in some of the interviews coming up. Yes. Night, Steve. <laughs> uh, I think the match play will only leave the Winter Gardens if the Winter Gardens is condemned and is physically unavailable to host starts. Vincent van der Voort gets pissed off at losing. Just drives <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Vincent gets hold of a bulldozer. They're still building in the shopping centre next door, aren't they? And just accidentally pulls over. Oh, it's not leaving Blackpool anytime soon, we hope. It, sh- it wouldn't be the same. <coughs> no. Even if the Winter Gardens was to cease to exist, I'm not saying there is another venue that can replicate it in Blackpool. Exactly. It would never quite be the same, but as a darting hotbed, I don't think you can leave Blackpool. The seniors going to Viva prove that. Blackpool loves the darts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, com- completely. Um, speaking of which, it was a bad weekend for Barney in the race for the match play. No money, and he's now 16th. Iman Whitlock, I'm I'm sure Whitlock was about 12th, not that long ago. 12th, 13th, he's dropping quickly. Barney's on the brink. What a fight that would be, though, if we get to the final stages between Barney and Whitlock with about £500 between them. Round number one on the streaming board, Raymond Van Barneveld against Simon (laughs) Riddler. Yes, Matthew, I am fully on board with you. No. No. Move the players, leave the UK open. <laughs> ah, there was one more bit of news. Um, you asked me on Sunday, actually, if Adam Warner had played in I, the Pro Tour this I saw his face. I saw his Facebook post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Adam Warner earlier today posted, uh, for those wondering why I wasn't at the Pro Tour this weekend, I was admitted to hospital on Saturday with what I thought was food poisoning. Turns out I had a perforated appendix. Had the operations take it out now and should be on the men shortly. So best wishes to Adam. I know that he was playing early in the week. Uh, he plays around um, Yorkshire area, incredibly competitive and was, was picking up um, plenty of wins. Local league, I know it doesn't quite add up to Pro Tour, but it looked like he was going to be in good shape heading into this weekend, um, taking away from a little bit, but plenty of time to build on that. So hope you're well, buddy, if you are watching. Yeah, and look, it was good to see people like Hendo performed well and everything on the Pro Tour. It was um, it was good to see the ones coming in. Yeah, Jared Cole picked up a couple of good wins. Obviously, we saw John Henderson on the Pro Tour again this weekend. Plenty of call-ups from that as well, which, look, will we see another weekend with as many players missing a Pro Tour this weekend? I'm not sure, but it does make that challenge tour even more important at the moment. More important and more important than the PDC recognise it for what it is. 100%. Without that. Um... (laughs) We've not agreed on much tonight, but I think we can agree that there's a far bigger asset than the PDC currently have it. 
Uh, have we agreed on anything tonight? No, I can't be daft. Nah. 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 Just like that, is it? Um, <laughs> but I think that's about a wrap for tonight. Ten minutes of Fergie time is not too bad for us. We haven't had none for a while. Um, but as we said, plenty coming up, coming your way. Plenty of interviews across the next week. Um, I'm not here next. Yes, that's the best thing. There's no party next week. Come on! To be fair, depending on what my Wi-Fi is like, and yeah, I might just drop in randomly and come and say hello. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. You are bad. Nah. <laughs> nah. It's not happening. And, and there's no way, by the way, before we uh, go off air, there's no way that you are debting away. We've just been on a plane next week. We've got a better story than that, Mr. Bars. Don't you worry about that. Yes. He would have been on the plane on his Wi-Fi, but it was detained in security for shoving <laughs> stuff up his ass through customs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and next week, we'll tell you what was up there. But I'm, 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 <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> the greatest cliffhanger online darts I've ever had. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we haven't asked him yet, but that's the plan, James. Yeah, the, the housewife's choice will be back. I mean, not after the football tonight. No chance. <laughs> uh, but like we say, thank you for your continued support. As always, everyone. Uh, we have been on our darts. Massively appreciate it as always. I've been Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boyce. Anything to add before we sign off? Nah. 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 Bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.